Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 7 of the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. Today we are graced with the presence of Mickey Cockrell. Mickey is a unique individual. He's very outgoing, he's very connected with this community. Part of that reason is because of his job at the Better Business Bureau as the Digital Marketing Manager and Events Coordinator. He is also a founding member of the Aspiring Changemakers community of young professionals in Colorado Springs. So he's kind of got his hands everywhere, but he also has a unique perspective of really what the transition is like in between college and professional life. Brent was especially excited because he has a little bit of a man crush on Mickey. And who wouldn't have a man crush on Mickey? He's such a dynamic individual. But one of the key things that I took away from our conversation with him is that even though he's such a dynamic and outgoing person, he is a bit of an introvert on the inside. And I think a lot of people can relate to that where they have to be more outgoing for their job or career, but they like their own personal time uh, when they're by themselves. Besides my apparent man crush, I think John Mark is just jealous because of Mickey's awesome mustache and John Mark can't grow a lick of facial hair. So he has to deal with that. That was savage, but completely fair. Brent is right. Now I'm depressed. Without further ado, <laughs> let's jump into this episode of the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast with Mickey Cockrell. Endeavor to challenge yourself every single day. Engage with your community. Effect change and produce impact. I'm John Mark Radspinner. And I'm Brent Sabati. And this is the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We have the conversations that young professionals should be having but aren't. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Attitude Check Podcast. We are so excited to have Mickey here with us. Mickey, just to start us out, tell us something about yourself that people don't typically know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so something most people don't know about me, and I'm still kind of trying to figure this one out about myself. So recently, you know, I, I'm a part of a Leadership Hike Speaks um L now class of 2018 and I took Myers-Briggs um, and for anyone that knows that you know it's it's based on like four character traits right or four personality traits rather and the one I think that I found most interesting about myself is and most people are familiar with the scale between extroversion and introversion is I scaled a 30 I'm an extrovert. I remember telling my mentor that he's like what you a 30? I was like yeah and he's like no I'm being sarcastic like you should probably should have scored like a 40 or a 50. It's like, haha, it's funny. But I've always, it's funny, even though you know, most people see me as like this loud, boisterous extrovert, and I am, but I, I it's funny that I, there is just this huge introverted side to me um, where like at certain times I just absolutely love just holding up in my house and not wanting to talk to anyone. You know, something a lot of people don't know is I've actually struggled and still do with social anxiety as well. And it's, it's just such a conundrum being an extrovert with social anxiety. It's like the weirdest thing ever. Um, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about me or realize that about me. So if I'm ever just like, yeah, I don't want to go to a thing, it's because I'm just like drained mentally. So I, I don't know about the 30 on the extrovert thing, but it's just, it's just interesting that uh, I scored like that. And a lot of people do have this perception, but I do have that big interest. I think it's a fair statement that everyone has to recharge at some point. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You're, not, you're an introvert or an extrovert. With introverts, you kind of need that a little bit more than extroverts. Sure. Too, so. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, I never would have guessed that you had that big introvert side of you because we always see you out in the community. You always have high energy and, you know, you're a really charismatic person in general. So, was that something you even kind of realized about yourself before you took that test, or was it always in the back of your mind somewhere? Sure. Well, um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I kind of grew up without 
you know, thinking about being an extrovert and an introvert. And I was always a little bit of both, as as most people are, you know, we're a little bit of everything. We don't put ourselves, you know, in one camp or the other, right? Life is full of gray areas. So I was always a little bit of both. I was always had this shy side to me, but had this like weird need to like connect with people everyone does but you know be an extrovert and kind of take initiative um but that yeah i i realized that an introvert was a term in college and i was like oh my god like that's me i'm an introvert and people are like are you sure about that like yeah like i love like staying alone and like skipping out like if a plan gets canceled or something like i'm like secretly cheering inside most (laughs) of the time um but but I, but I did realize, you know, later on, as, especially as, you know, you really sort of dive in and you learn how to tune up certain aspects of your personality and turn them down, that I clearly do have the extrovert side. And if I do have to admit to myself that I do enjoy people and going to events <laughs> and get energized from them. So Tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do. You, you're a man of many hats. You're active in the community on a ton of different levels. Um, so, yeah, just give some insight on what you're doing currently and how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I um, am the digital marketing and event specialist for the Better Business Bureau of Southern Colorado and our social enterprise, the Colorado Institute for Social Impact. That's enough. World, yeah, I was about to say world's like shortest <laughs> title. <laughs> um, so it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I you know I, I like to say I'm just kind of that in-house uh, digital marketing dude that, you know, kind of jack of all trades of, you know, the digital side, uh, as well as we just have myriad events between Better Business Bureau and the institute um so i'm kind of a, an executor there and taking care of logistics and some relationships and just making sure that they happen flawlessly and people have a great time and a great experience how i got there is a very interesting question i, I remember uh running into the Masters of Public Administration program from UCCS up at a nonprofit conference in Denver. They asked me the same question. They're like, oh my gosh, we always love to see how UCCS grads got in their current professional career. And I tell them, and they, they kind of, they're a little distraught in their face because they're like, well, we're hoping uh, you were you know, kind of a straight arrow path with UCCS giving a direct correlation to your success. Um, but what they found and what my path was like is it was not a straight arrow. It was a very jumbled arrow. Um, my background is a lot of uh, food and beverage industry just because that was a, you know, a great, easy, well, not easy, but you know, an industry to break into and pay my way through college. So, but it was people focused, right? But I always wanted to kind of break into that professional world. So, you know, during college, I, uh, you know, kept my eyes and ears open to opportunity and ran into an individual at, while I was bartending at the Pikes Peak Small Business Development Center. Uh, one thing led to another, and many months later, they had called me in for an interview with the SPDC. And the SPDC was just fabulous for getting involved with the community. Uh, Pikes Peak SPDC is a very community-facing organization, helping small business owners, and just very evolved and good at, you know, kind of just uniting that population as well as other individuals that are interested in the uh, greater Colorado Springs uh, business community. When I was at the SPDC, I just got introduced to not only a bunch of faces, but a bunch of different organizations. You know, things like One Million Cups, Peak Startup, the Better Business Bureau, you know, I all met through SBDC. So that was just a fabulous time. And I always recommend to individuals, you know, it's like get yourself an internship, especially a community facing internship, just to get out in the community and, you know, have that opportunity to meet a bunch of people. You'll never know 
where it will lead, where those opportunities will pop up. Going back to you know where I where I am now, I actually uh, after my internship with SPDC worked with a health and wellness in aging startup uh, for just about a year, and that was a trip. I always say you know working for a startup, especially in the digital marketing world, is like just living in the wild wild west. <laughs> like you just have to you know figure things out, and that's just the fun thing about startups, though, is you have no idea what you're doing. And you're kind of just blazing your own trail. Right, right. As well, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, as well as kind of the digital marketing world, too, is just still so young. Um, so just kind of trying to figure it out is, is wild. So experienced a lot of growth and kind of continued to build connections and build off of the events and people I knew back at SBDC. One thing led to another. I found the opportunity to work at Better Business Bureau about 15 months later. Uh, I am here, you know, absolutely loving the job. We just have a fabulous team. Um, and I have, I have plenty to do. So I, I like it. My favorite spice in life is variety and I get plenty of that uh, at BBB. It's just, it's it's spiced all over the office. So it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, no, but it's, it's fantastic. So, you know, I still try to continue to get involved in the community to where I can and try not to um, outstretch my uh, personal mental capacity too much. But goal is to give back unequivocally. I think that's the word. We can get fact-checked later. Where we go from here is another great question. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a very interesting ride. Very fun ride, very emotional ride. And it's just been fantastic getting to intimately know the Pikes Peak region and Colorado Springs community. You know, I think it's interesting what you said about stretching yourself too thin. That's something that I've experienced personally that I'm currently experiencing. So how do you keep yourself from doing that? Manage your time well? Don't overcommit. That is a great question. I think a lot of, it, it takes a lot of growth, I think. And uh, it's hard to say no, right? Especially when you are a, a young professional looking to prove yourself right you know at least in my position you know i going into kind of a lot of things i didn't have that that self-worth i didn't think i had a lot to offer so i thought i had to prove myself so i was going to say yes to a thousand things and like give my all in a thousand things and in these individual things or you know organizations that i was giving my time to i would say yes to everything in there but I think, it, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, one, you realize or you have to realize, you know, that you have that self-worth, that you as an individual have so many unique talents and skills to offer that, you know, anyone would be truly in, in debt and in honor to work with you. And I, I mean that because I believe that truly everyone has, uh, you know, different abilities and talents and skills. You know, everyone's unique. Um, it's, it's fascinating, you know, about people that there's just so much variety, right? So the idea is, you know, we all have our own individual value you have to validate yourself so knowing that you can give is fantastic um i think that also kind of lends itself as once you do you know have that value in yourself and you find that self-worth you you realize it's okay to say no um it's okay to say no to projects and things um just because you say no you know no one's gonna be mad at you it's okay just you know just be candid and say i just i just don't have time for this and that's fine and that's okay most people will be understanding and if they aren't if they have an issue well you don't need to be working with them in the first place so i think it's just that the power of saying no to is liberating um where we i mean have endless possibilities even in colorado springs i mean look at our massive nonprofit community alone is that you do have so many options you have to ask yourself, there are only so many hours in the day. Time is the most valuable asset you have in your life. So much more valuable than any other currency that, you know, find those things truly that are most passionate about you. Find the things that make you, you know, you're the most curious about, like, really, what just gets you excited and freaking go after those things. And if it seems difficult to go after those things, well, find other people that have 
and, you know, figure it out. Life's short. Go go find those things. But I think it's also, you know, prioritizing what means most to you. And I think that's interesting is that it takes a little bit of work to get to the point where you have to say no. But once that ball gets rolling, yes. you truly do have to start yeah, saying no absolutely. event after event mm-hmm. after event or different opportunities because you're just your bandwidth is completely full. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point that you just put out there of having that one certain time or point where you're going to have to start turning down things because Mm -hmm. a lot of successful people will tell you that it's almost like that movie Yes Man. Uh, where you, the point is, is to say Jim yes. Carrey? Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought of that a couple times. <laughs> but in the movie, um, Jim Carrey's character just says yes to every opportunity that presents himself, whether whether or not it's a good idea, bad idea, relevant or mm-hmm. not. And I think that's something that a lot of people build up to is just saying yes to opportunities to see what's out there. But at a certain point, you do have to realize that I can't just keep saying yes forever. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Mickey, just prioritizing the things that interest you, that you're passionate about, that are important to you. And and that's okay, too. That's, you know, it's absolutely valid. You know, we're not obligated to do anything. We don't owe anyone anything. I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, just got <laughs> to back off. <laughs> right. And, and that's fine, too. You know, even getting to that point and, you know, worst case scenario, you know, looking at kind of what you're involved with and saying, you know, just having a candid conversation with those people you're involved with. I mean, look, I'm stretched right now. I literally don't have time. I can't give you my 100% right now. And that sucks to have that conversation, but it's better than not being your, your best self in those activities you're involved in. That brings up an interesting question on what motivates you? What are your passions or those deep interests that kind of keep you going and keep you focused? That is such a great question. I think it's a couple things. Is I am just a very curious person, I, I guess would be the word, at the core. So I'm always just... Very curious to see what's next, what's over that next hill, what's going to evolve, you know, how is the universe that surrounds us going to continue to expand, and what's my role in that, and how am I going to continue to grow? So I think it's just, I guess, an insatiable insatiable curiosity to uh, really just figure out what's next, and, you know, this universe is, is weird. And it's interesting and it's strange, you know, and if I could get a little existential and philosophical, but I, you know, I love to see, you know, I think it's just fascinating that we are here at all in a place called Colorado Springs in the earth, in our galaxy, in the universe. And I mean, that alone is just absolutely tremendous. And, you know, the fact that we have been, you know, given or are here for that one opportunity is just ridiculous. So my, you know, my, what, what keeps me going and driving is again, just to see what's next, how this all unfolds truly in what, what else kind of, you know, drives me, makes me curious too, is I, I absolutely um, just love this idea of businesses doing good and businesses existing for a purpose. A lot of what we do at Colorado Institute for Social Impact is saying, you know, Hey, businesses are changing the way they are doing things. Business doesn't necessarily have to be, just about profit. You know, it can be about people and it can be about the planet as well. You know, people in our communities, people in organizations. And I think that's amazing because not only is that like a great good thing to do, but there's value return in businesses that do that. So, you know, I'm passionate about you know, continuing to help bring awareness to these businesses and getting involved with these businesses as well. You know, social impact businesses, social enterprises, proclaimed conscious capitalists. Uh, it's all uh, just a, a, a tremendous movement that's happening. A lot of it's happening here in Colorado Springs. Uh, we are witnessing right now, and as we, we talk about in uh, Colorado Institute for Social Impact, the emergence 
of a brand new uh, sector. So here at Sabibi of the Harvard Business Review back in 2011 had actually predicted the emergence of a new sector existing separate but interacting with the existing sectors, you know, the private sector, plural sector, education, et cetera, nonprofit. Um, so it's just amazing that we have you know, these these businesses that are emerging and you can witness it happening right now on a national level and a local level. Um, so kind of seeing that unfold is just a wonderful thing to see. Again, where as a uh, individual going in the workforce, in the past, you had two choices in, in the workforce. One, you go work for for-profit. That's fantastic, you know, but maybe make a lot of money, most likely, or in a lot of cases, you know, you're kind of left at the end of the day with a, a sense of emptiness because, you know, the, the company's just there for profits. And that's fine. That's capitalism in its form. And that's great. That's awesome. Capitalism has been fantastic. On the other hand, you know, maybe go work for a nonprofit. And as my uh, CEO says, you might take a vow of poverty because, uh, you know, but you have that sense of purpose. So you go home with warm, fuzzy feelings or beyond warm, fuzzy feelings, like you're actually accomplishing purpose. But what we're seeing kind of with that fourth sector is just this idea that you don't have to make a choice anymore. With a social impact business, you can make a profit, but use that profit, the powerful economic engine of capitalism to go and solve, you know, world problems where maybe governments are kind of lacking, or if they're not lacking, you help them out, but you do it in a way that is self-sustaining, that's not just purely asking for hands out, handouts. It's using the entrepreneurial spirit to go out and freaking you know, not only make a difference, I mean, business has already been doing that, but truly, truly go after a social issue or weave social issues into your business. So well, good example of that is Tom's like on a national absolutely. level, they've yeah. done a great job modeling. We're a social impact business, mm -hmm. but we're also here to make a profit, but we want to help people and better this world. Yeah, so absolutely. they've done a really good job doing yeah, that. Yeah, 100%, 100%. No, uh, yeah, it's it, it just, I, I love being part of it. You know, I heard of Corporate social responsibility first is kind of what got me into it. And then there's like this next level of these entrepreneurs that are really taking it to heart. You know, and on the consumer side, too, uh, these are businesses that you can, you know, maybe pay a little bit more for a product in most cases. But, you know, you're helping a good cause. You're contributing to a good supply chain. You can buy in confidence saying, you know, I bought this parka from Patagonia and, you know, they are protecting national parks or um, you know, I, I bought a cup of coffee from Starbucks and in most cases they're treating their employees very well. So, you know, it's this idea that consumers will choose to pay a social impact business or a social enterprise over a business without kind of that social mission weaved in too. So just love this idea of, again, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit going out and um, helping you know, these social companies. Yeah. And we've seen that shift of businesses shifting away from purely profits you're talking about to how can we better our community? How can we actually be here and make a difference? That way we go home knowing that we've actually done something to move this community, this world forward. And it's really fascinating to see how the economy and just the public are willing to, to take that in and really run with it. If you look at things like um, GoFundMe, things like that, you see initiatives yeah. like with cleaning up the ocean, cleaning up the trash out of the ocean. People can sure, absolutely. obtain funding through avenues like that. Mm -hmm. to just do what they want to do and fix those social issues rather than having to go to Wall Street and ask for funding or some big bank who specifically just want to look for that profit line. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even the way investing is changing too, you know, I think Colin Mossbrook would be a great resource to talk to about that just in, you know, the world of impact investing. But, you know, it's the idea of, and 
kind of what we talk about at the Institute is just not only looking at return on investment, but social return on investment, which is fascinating. It's looking at, you know, the idea of how do you measure truly the social impact that an organization gives, whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit um, entity, you know, it's, and it's, it's fascinating because, you know, now not only do you give to a, a nonprofit and they say, oh, well, we help this many people. That's great. That's fantastic. Now we're taking it, you know, to the next level saying, you know, for every dollar that you give this social impact law firm, true story, they are giving $3.25 in return to the community, which is helping people become less, you know, dependent on certain government services or being less of a burden on the community. And I think those are all interesting points. And it kind of brings us to something that is super important in what the businesses are doing, but also in your personal life of leadership. So, Tell us about what your leadership experience has been shifting from college to right now. You're currently going through Leadership Pikes Peak to better learn how to understand yourself as well as understand how to lead other people. Why is it important for you? Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess what I will say on all of that, it's it's super important because, again, kind of going back to that thing I was saying earlier about you know the fact that everyone really truly does have their have their strengths. Um, I think it's super important, kind of like what we talk about at Leadership Pike Speak, is to recognize what your strengths are. It sounds so cliche, but it's like, as an individual, it's like you don't necessarily have to be uh, a boisterous, bombastic, you know, individual like, you know, myself where, you know, I, I'm so loud that I remember being at Epicentral Coworking, I would just be talking and they'd be like, Mickey, stop yelling. And I would be like, I'm not yelling. I can go several <laughs> volumes higher right now. I'm just talking. You don't have to be, you know, super loud, you know, to be a leader and be out there. You can be a leader in so many ways, a leader in helping empathize with people's struggles. Perhaps you have a strong ability to empathize or helping, you know, individuals, you know, figure things out in any any number of ways but i think it's just identifying those strengths and seeing how that you know connects and ties into the community and you know just being kind of ready and, and willing that when people do come to you and you know ask for help just being like you know absolutely i've been there you know this is what i've i've gone through and you know how i went through it and here's the outcome and there's a light at the end of the tunnel or this is how you could get to you know point a to point b but the idea is you know what difference do you want to make and what are your passions? You know, how do you get there and how can you utilize your strengths to go there and make a difference and connect with people on the way and, and give back and help along the way as well? Two key points there. One of the things that you talked about was recognizing your strengths. That is an incredible leadership principle as well as just in general of bettering yourself. Something John Maxwell talks about a lot is stop focusing on your weaknesses. You're never going to be amazing. For example, if you on a scale of one to 10 are a two at singing, you can take voice lessons, you may get up to a five, but you're never going to be a 10. So focus on your strengths, just do what you're best at. Then also you talked about giving back. One thing that's interesting in studying successful people is you have the narcissists that stepped on everyone's heads, but the most fulfilled leaders are the ones who helped other people become successful. So, so what's super interesting about that too, is you mentioned kind of you know, people that step on other people and kind of people that give back. Um, so there's a book, Give and Take by Adam Grant. If you haven't heard it, 10 out of 10 recommend reading that. Uh, disclaimer, I'm in the process of reading it. Uh, I thought Adam brought up a fascinating point in the beginning. And he talks about this just idea of givers and takers, as you, John Mark, had just kind of talked about, is individuals that are just willing to step their way, step on people, 
to get to the top and just kind of be terrible people and use and abuse and maybe even put up a front that they're being good people and giving back, but they're not really, right? They are... You could, you could just tell at the end of the day um, versus those and, and, and most people. So the idea of givers and takers is that there's takers and givers. Right. And then he would say most people are kind of matchers. These are individuals that, you know, have a tit for tat mentality where, you know, oh, well, I helped you out. So hopefully expecting kind of like a return thing. One of you guys helped me out. I'd be like, oh, well, I feel obligated to help out. And then there's the third type givers, which just kind of give out unequivocally. Hope I'm using that word right again. <laughs> that they just, you know, they give, they give their time, they give their resources, their connections, and they're not looking for anything back. What's interesting about givers, though, is they have to be careful and set boundaries for themselves and make sure they're not being taken advantage of. When It's interesting when you look at people and workers and individuals across industries, right? CEOs, people working in the medical industry, doctors, et cetera, et cetera, across all industries. And you look at their general overall performance, right? And let's say you're ranking like people from 100 to 1 and ranking, um, placing them by if they're a giver or a taker or a matcher. And performance-wise, the people at the bottom are givers. And it's kind of disheartening to hear. And I remember reading that like, oh, really? Like, we're about to have a book. I'm about to read a book called Give and Take. And, you know, givers are like the worst performers. Like, what the heck? Well, I ended up reading like a paragraph or two. Um, it's what's interesting is that the people that are the top performers are also givers um, across industries. And I think it's interesting because givers in giving back without looking, you know, for return, uh, create opportunities for themselves and better their community in general. You know, the idea is when you are just giving um, not only is that just a great thing to do, but just give your, you know, your time and resources with boundaries. That's a super important point. You have to have boundaries and make sure you're not being taken advantage of and know your self-worth. But give those resources that you have in some actually measurable cosmic karmic way, you know, giving comes back and, and helps you be numerous ways. I, I think that's, you know, it's good motivation to be a giver, but it's like, don't don't be a giver just to be, you know, to like be a top performer that you might be like a you know, a taker at that point, <laughs> I don't think you'd actually be a taker, but you know, don't do it for what I'm saying is don't do it for the money or don't do it for the success. Do it just because, you know, giving is a great mindset to have where it's like, you know, when you are giving back to help the people that are around you and the communities that are around you, like that is a mindset um, of just, you know, you're, you're bettering, you're bettering the the world and the universe that surrounds you. And again, I will stress, I think the important point that, you know, a lot of people would say is, you know, you do have to have boundaries, though. Be smart, you know, don't let people take advantage of you, but give to those things that, again, those passions and those people that, you know, matter most in your life. Good example of that is Walmart and Sam Walton. So say what you will about Walmart now, but back in the day when Sam Walton was a CEO, it was an incredible business. When Sam Walton was in charge, he was completely focused on his people, making sure that they were well taken care of. I mean, if you look at his salary up until the day he died, his salary for being CEO of this multi-billion dollar company was never more than $350,000 a year. That perfectly embodied the values of, I value you. I'm going to help you succeed. Um, he had significant profit sharing benefits set up. That way, when his people retired, they had more than enough money to live comfortably the rest of their lives. I think that top performing leaders are those that give. Yeah. But they're also ones that don't get taken advantage of, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, something, you know, it's, it's again, you know, just having that self-validation and at least for me and maybe other people like me is realizing that you don't have to, you know, constantly give and go beyond your limits. It goes back to like what we talked about earlier about 
you know, overstretching your personal resources to prove yourself. Be confident in yourself. You know, you have abilities and you have strengths. I guarantee it. If you are confident about that, great. That's freaking awesome. Just remember to have boundaries. If you're not confident in the fact that you have strengths, it's like do some soul searching, you know. Just remember that you do have those abilities. And it's definitely a, a complicated subject because I think a huge part of giving and having that come back to you in a natural, organic way is being authentic about your giving. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And just to think that I feel like there might be some people out there who they want to give back and they want to be authentic about it, but in the back of their mind, they do have the idea of what's in it for me. What would you say is a good strategy for people who have that thought? I do want to help, but at the same time, it does have those ulterior motives and benefits coming back to me. So is that really authentic or not? Do I even try to do it if I feel like it's not 100% right or you know 100% just giving to someone else? Well, end of podcast. Great, great question. That's a hard <laughs> one. I'm done. All right. Uh, no, that, that dude, that's such a great question. Just because and I, you know, it's I, funny is I think uh, anyone, even the most seemingly holy people or just think of those people like those most genuine people in your life. They'll have those thoughts, too. And it's okay, man. Like, we are all human. Like, we can't think, like, absolutely good thoughts all the time, you know? It's just, it's having, you know, kind of that awareness. And, you know, it goes back to, like, mindfulness, I think, is, you know, when you do have those thoughts, it's like, well, you know, what's in it for me? Shoot, I have those, you know, thoughts all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm a bad person. But I've realized is, is you separate it. Take a deep breath and say, like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give back to this. I'm going to do it. Maybe a good exercise in that case is for people that do struggle with that is, like, give to something where you know you're not going to get a return, but you're also not being taken advantage of. And, you know, find, you know, those things. You know, example for me is, you know, I, I have, I've had a – not saying that I'm, like, holy or, like, amazing or anything, but I guess, like, in a giving, there uh, – so one of my childhood friends actually just moved back to Colorado, and – I like her a lot. She's fantastic. I think she's like super smart. Um, there's just something I like about her a lot. Just tried to, you know, practice this philosophy of giving. You know, I gave her, you know, some, some good connections and so far has just worked out great. I didn't even think anything was going to come of it, but she was just like super happy and helpful and thankful. And I think I was like, you know, I was like, well, maybe that'll help me in the road, down the road. But what really felt, you know, good about that, and it's not, it's just the fact that, you know, she was thankful and it made me genuinely happy just to see a good friend, you know, happy and thankful too, you know, and I'm thinking now, like, cause I'm overanalyzing it is like, well, maybe that'll come back to help me down the road. But even if not, just the fact that you're able to help like a good friend out, you know, just have that mindfulness and have that awareness is that when, you know, when those thoughts do come, it's like, it's okay, you know, just, just let them go. Give to those things, you know, and those those people that you're passionate about, because it's okay to see someone in something like, you know, you look at a good friend and you're like, I, I think they could go awesome places in life. You know, I'm going to help them out with, you know, this this job opportunity that I think they'd be a good position at. So, but yeah, you know, that's that's a that that's a great question. But I think it, a lot of it boils that boils down to um, awareness and just mindfulness. And that's okay, you know, to have those thoughts. You've had a lot of good thoughts, and thank you for sharing all of them. It's truly been insightful. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure Brent has learned a lot. Our, our listeners will learn a lot, too. I'm sure we could spend another couple hours talking about everything. Oh, yes. We definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but we're going to transition transition into a little bit quicker of questions. So sure, um, I will try not to like spend like fifteen minutes. Oh, these these are pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> so recommend one resource that is helpful for you in everyday life. Uh, Google? No. Okay, yeah. Actually, my my and I I think it's getting more and more popular. But I did this podcast uh, back in December of twenty seventeen. I don't think a lot of people are aware, but I think a lot more people are aware of. But I just will say, if you're not aware, you know, at this point, get. Uh, tuned into Facebook events. Like, that's like one of like the best things about Facebook. I don't know. I don't really see people talking about it, but I do see people, um, I, I do see it all the time. Like, personally, I will say I'm interested in, and I've had like <laughs> at least 70 or 80 events on my calendar just because I say I'm interested to a lot of stuff. But I think that's awesome because, you know, one, I am interested and I may only go to like five or 10% of them, but I think it's just an awesome way to really find out what's going on in the community, all from your personal Facebook account, you know, see what your friends are interested to and, and just use that as a way to get uh, connected. And it's just been a fabulous resource for figuring out what is happening in your area. Awesome. What is one book that you would recommend to everyone aside from give and take? So we just talked about give and take. I think another just absolutely awesome book that really helped shape my professional career is maybe cliche, but How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, that was just a great book because really what that book boiled down to was just, you know, a couple things is one, don't be a jerk. <laughs> Simple, don't be a jerk, which sounds ridiculous, but it's like there's no you know reason to be a jerk and like go off on people. And two is really just truly try to empathize with people and see things in their their other shoes. But if you haven't read it, I you know I would challenge people to read it just because it was written back in the freaking 30s, but it's still so applicable in just interacting with people and kind of a it's like just a good check for how you're interacting in your daily life um, and a really good case study of a couple people. And just on a side note to that real quick, uh, they do have an updated version that has to do with the uh, digital age, too. I did not know that. It's, uh, you know, an interesting oh, read. Oh, okay. Anyway, Mickey, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and experiences with all the listeners out there. And I'm, yeah, sure, thanks, guys. I'm sure everyone you know got a lot out of this conversation. So just share a parting piece of wisdom, the best way to reach out and connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. A parting piece of wisdom. My mom, bless her heart, sent me just this wonderful quote the other day. Um, and it was just this idea that, because I'm a huge nerd at heart, so like she just happened to send this quote to me. is this idea of think of all of the issues and hardships in your life as giants and giants are meant to be overcome and taken down and almost slain to an extent right but the thing is like when you when you slay these giants all these hardships everything in your life everything that causes you stress and anxiety things at your work things in your personal life they're to be taken i mean it sounds cliche but they're take be taken as um, points of learning and we almost I guess level up if you will but we might find that we have hidden strengths after defeating these giants we might find that we didn't realize we had the strength and resources to go and tackle these things but I've just been kind of framing my life as of recently as you know just taking everything as a freaking learning opportunity no matter how scary or daunting the task is just going at it attacking it because you know that you will come out stronger on the other side and learn some more about yourself. You know, feel free to uh, add me on Facebook. That's that's pretty public for me. So uh, my name is Mickey Cockrell. I'm sure that'll be on the podcast listing, uh, the spelling, because I have a weird spelling for my first name. Uh, or, you know, add me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a message. I'd love to chat sometime. Love to 
hang out, pick your brain, you know, pick my brain. Like, let's get coffee. <laughs> Thank you again for being on the podcast, Nikki. This is John Mark. And this is Brent signing off. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Attitude Check, the business leadership podcast. John, Mark, and I had so much fun today talking with Mickey. He's such a unique individual, and it's always such a dynamic conversation when you get the chance to actually sit down and have a deep conversation with him. Be sure to like our Facebook page and stay up to date on all things Attitude Check. Also, hit that subscribe button because you know you want to. Be sure to check back every first and third Tuesday of the month for another episode of the Attitude Check Business Leadership Podcast. We are so excited to have you back next time.